Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amanda Man Games podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. So finally, we are at this point. We were all expecting this, but the Star Wars games property licensing brand, whatever you call it, is finally moving away from being EA exclusive. So EA has officially in a way, lost the exclusivity deal that they had going with Disney. Uh, I think they still have a couple of years left, but Star Wars brand is finally moving away from EA, which, to be honest, in a way, like we were all kind of hoping for this for a long time. EA, in a sense, has not done too bad with the property. It was just more recently when they launched Star Wars Battlefront, the rebooted first one, which was... Uh, you know, underwhelming. It was it was great. I had a great time with the multiplayer, but for a full price game, yeah, like it was definitely underwhelming. And then Battlefront Two with the whole loot box issue. The only thing that we kind of saw from them more recently that everyone really really loved was Jedi Fallen Order, which was one of my favorite games of 2019. And I think you know that was kind of showing that they were learning, they were understanding that hey, maybe we do need to take better care of the property. I believe they did also make a mobile games version or mobile version of some Star Wars thing. Of course, it's EA. They had to do it, right? But at the same time, you saw that when they gave it to a developer like Respawn, they were able to actually do something amazing with this property. They had cool ideas. They had a cool story, a fun, interesting story. And I think from Star Wars or from from the Marvel side or Disney side of things, they probably realized that, hey, we should probably be focusing on the developers and rather not just give an entire publisher the entire thing. And hopefully this is kind of what we're seeing. Um, First, the main story was that they have basically announced Lucasfilm Games and that will be kind of handling, kind of similar to Marvel Games, uh, it will be be handling all of the Star Wars games properties. Essentially, they'll they'll be probably the ones that are making the deals with publishers or developers and then obviously Disney will be relaying any information or approving it from their end but Lucasfilm Games I don't think they have a development team or anything like that I think it's more of like a licensing team I could be wrong but it's good to know at least they are they're seeing that we need to kind of brand this or work with this property in this way which is great and the further announcement that came out right after that was that Ubisoft announced that they were working with Lucasfilm Games on an open world Star Wars games being made by by Ubisoft Massive, which is the development team that worked on the Division and Division Two, and Division Two really 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 fun game. I, I know that a lot of people really like the Division One as well, but like you, you kind of see where they have that understanding of open world games and they could bring a cool concept, cool idea to to the Star Wars games. Uh, I always wanted to kind of start off first by talking about the Ubisoft thing because. Um, I've kind of talked about it or brought it up a number of times on this podcast that, you know, Ubisoft has a way of Ubisoftifying any game that they touch. You know, it's the same idea of taking over over beacons or areas and kind of revealing the map and it's just very repetitive. The gameplay can be very repetitive, uh, very janky at times, as has been the experience with people who have been playing uh, Assassin's Creed 
or Watch Dogs. I still haven't played uh, Emerald Phoenix Rising, but I was very disappointed with Watch Dogs Legion, which was a game that I was looking forward to more than Assassin's Creed. But Ubisoft has a way of doing that. So for me, my automatic reaction was, okay, they did Division 1, Division 2 was a little bit better. Uh, played a bit better but you know it was again it was it was still division the same idea they wanted to make a live service game and automatically i'm already worried i'm already i'm already thinking of it in the sense that man like they're saying that's gonna be open world game and, and whatnot but it's gonna be it's gonna be maybe like a, a a stormtrooper or like the rebel fighters division version of star wars and it's gonna be the same thing of okay here's some here's some online components here's an expansion pad you can do a raid which again, like, it's not bad. Like, again, like, as I'm saying it, it's not that it can't be a fun game, but because we've dealt with Star Wars in a multiplayer aspect, and I've played the Oculus game as well because I have an Oculus Quest. So I've played the, the you know, the, I've played a lot of single player stuff recently with Star Wars, but I, should, I shouldn't say a lot, but just like a little bit. But most of the times when it comes to a Star Wars property, because of EA, we were always thrown into this thing of, hey, there's a campaign, there's sort of a campaign-ish thing, but here's the main thing, the multiplayer, that's what we want you to play. And when you're playing, don't forget, you need to buy this, you need to buy that, you need to buy this skin or that thing. And it's it's just being fed all this other things to buy once you've already bought the Star Wars property or the Star Wars game. And that's like that's what I really liked about Jedi Fallen Order. And that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping I know I know it won't be. I can I can make a bet here. I'll I'll make the bet right now. And obviously you can call me out on it when it, if it doesn't come true. But you, the Ubisoft game that they've announced, the open world game, will most likely be very similar to to Division in the sense that, yeah, like in Division 2 has a pretty long story. It has like a 20 hour story, but you can see that it is very, uh, very, I, I don't know how to exa- like explain it, but like I've played the Division 2 single player and a lot of the missions are designed in a way that they want you to play with someone else, which is great. It's like, okay, you want people to play together and, and whatnot, that's fine. But, you know, that's kind of taking away from the, it's like it's like me playing Jedi Fallen Order, but then as I'm doing a mission, it's like, okay, you're a Jedi, but for this mission, you should you should actually, you actually need two Jedi at least. Even though you can play it alone, you can play it as being one Jedi, but no, two is the way to go if you want to make make the thing like a bit easier or, or, or doable. And that's kind of how I felt with the Division 2 throughout, right? And that's what I'm worried is basically being force-fed multiplayer. I like it when multiplayer is there and you're like, hey, this could be pretty fun. But when it's being force-fed to you and almost forced onto you, I think that's when it becomes really frustrating is because, you know, like you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it's like, oh, you want to get better loot? You should do some strikes or raids or whatever. Like, do you know, like do this, do that. You need to upgrade your gear. And like that's like all fun and, and, and all, but after a while it's kind of like okay, it, it, like Jennifer Order Fallen Order does do that a little bit, but it's more Metroid Metroidy in a sense that I can kind of understand. It's more Dark Soulsy in a sense that I can also understand, but I can't. You know, it, it does make it a little bit frustrating because it does take away from the story. Because I I want to play Star Wars games for the story. I I I have all these other awesome amazing properties. I don't really you know care about that too much. I. I want a cool Star Wars story that we're not, you know, other than Mandalorian, you're not getting cool Star Wars stories from any other media form at the moment. So it's like, why not, you know, use games as that thing, as that medium that shows us these amazing stories, these amazing characters, and this amazing world. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But I know, I know most likely we will be thrusted into some multiplayer component from Ubisoft. Like I can, I can go in, I can pretty, I can, that's pretty guaranteed at this point. Um, even if it's not multiplayer component, just, you know, just, 
I just want something like more like God of War, where it's like, here, just this is God of War, play the game, that's it, nothing else. Nope, there's nothing else added to it. There's no multiplayer. There's no skins or anything like that. You know, I I could be wrong. I, I, no, I, I think I'm correct with the skins. I don't think there's any skins for for God of War because I feel like I when I pre-ordered the game, I think I got some sort of armor set or whatever. But like, obviously, it doesn't really make a difference in terms of the in terms of the game itself. But I could be wrong about that. But either way, like other than that, there was nothing like you know booster packs or this or that or you know like kind of like what I'm seeing with the Sanskrit Valhalla where there's all these skins and stuff that you have to pay a lot of money for, and you know that's I just want a game. I just want. I just want more respect to be shown to the. I kind of talked about this a number of times. Just more respect to be shown to the, to to us as gamers that here, pay this amount and you will get a full game. We don't need to worry about anything else. And if you want an expansion, you know we we will be working on expansion. If you want like that something big, something that tells a cool story, then you know like you know tell us, tell the developers, hey, we want more, we want more of this. Give us some DLC. You know like kind of like almost like Witcher Three style. But the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about was that I think this obviously does open up a lot of doors. I can see um, Sony messaging Lucasfilm games. I can I can see Microsoft definitely after Spider-Man, you know, is going going Sony's way. I can see Microsoft just messing Marvel games and, you know, and and Lucasfilm games right now saying that hey, we'll, we'll play for the play for the exclusivity, we'll play for whatever you need. I, I just I I do want to know what the exact process is, I guess for Lucasfilm games to accept a game or to license it out or to approve a game. Uh, you know, if you come with a demo and say, this is what we want to do, or if you come with a storyline and say, this is what we want to do. I think that could be pretty interesting because, you know, like it just allows so many developers to any developer at this point, it can be an indie developer as well. It can be some, something like play dead games that made, you know, inside and then they go to Star Wars for some reason. Or, you know, even Nintendo, like maybe like maybe the people that the, the team that made Animal Crossing goes to them and says, hey, we have a cool Animal Crossing like version of, of that we want to make for Star Wars, which I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that'll be good, but I just like that it opens so many possibilities and so many creative avenues for so many developers that at the end, like we'll be the ones that benefit from it because at least we'll get a cool, awesome influx of new Star Wars games that aren't just the same Star Wars Battlefront on repeat uh, thing anymore. So I'm pretty excited about that, but it's also concerning because at the same time, because you never know how much, you know, shovelware and just stuff that's not very good, like, you know, like the Kinect game. I forgot what it was. It was Star Wars. It was, I think it was just called Star Wars Kinect, maybe. I remember having that because I had the Kinect and like, obviously I got Star Wars with it because, you know, like that was, I was like, okay, this looks cool. And like, yeah, it was not good. It was, I mean, the, the dancing stuff was, it wasn't bad, like to, to play with friends. But overall, like, can you just, as I said it, it was like a Star Wars, like, dancing thing, right? And, like, there was a song called, like, Han Solo and stuff like that. And, and Palpatine comes out, starts dancing at one point. Like, th- that's that's the thing that I'm more worried about is, okay, like, you know, like, I just don't want stuff like that to be thrown in our faces, like, every two seconds where it's, like, a mobile game after a mobile game or a dancing game or this or that. And it's kind of like, okay, like, there should be hopefully some some sort of, some sort of team that's working on okay no let's keep the quality up let's make sure that we're we're creating games that are obviously of quality but also respect the characters and respect the universe and that's not what i'm hoping um obviously i think this like i kind of brought it up it 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 does bring up the whole thing of like you know console exclusivity back into the back into the talk because you know that the console manufacturers you know microsoft and sony are both kind of fighting for this you know both of them will be looking back and forth to see which Marvel hero they can secure, which DC hero they can secure, if that's even possible, which, you know, Star Wars storyline they can secure as well. 
and like the the main thing is you know like i have a ps5 and i'm a pc and i have a nintendo switch so i'm i'm fortunate that i can play you know basically games from all manufacturers and you know i also have vr so i'm able to kind of play basically most of the games that are out there but not everyone everyone has that luxury right a lot of people have just one console and it comes down to like okay like you know you might get star wars a at playstation on playstation 5 but star wars b can only be played on xbox xbox series x right and it's like okay now you, I, i'm a big star wars fan and you're telling me that i need to buy two consoles just to be able to play you know like these star wars games like i think I think that's the thing where it gets a little tricky and I'm hoping that maybe the way it's going because the, the thing with Spider-Man a lot of people don't realize is that Spider-Man, the Spider-Man property is kind of shared between Sony and Marvel from the beginning. This is from the movie days up till recently as well with even with the Marvel movies. It was always shared between Sony and Marvel which is why it made more sense that Sony was able to kind of go ahead with an, an exclusive game, right? I just don't see disney or or like lucasfilm games or marvel games kind of saying that hey you know what xbox microsoft you know even though you you were lagging behind in terms of sales here you go take iron man make an iron man game like i just don't see them saying that because i just see them saying that okay you you can make an iron man game but why don't you make that game and then put it on all platforms so we can make more money right like it just for because it just it does seem like a very business oriented mindset of how they're hand, handling these properties and unless somehow Microsoft buys Iron Man or buys Star- part of Star Wars, I don't know. But like, I don't see any other way for them to be able to get a proper exclusive like that. So it should be pretty interesting to see what actually happens because I- I'm kind of excited. I- I'm I'm already excited for the Star Wars games that they will be announcing this year because they did kind of talk about that. Hey, we do have games from EA coming out. So I'm assuming that's Jedi Fallen Order 2 and probably Battlefront 3. I'm, I'm assuming they're gonna they want to release the, those two games at least before the whole exclusivity thing ends. And at the same time, it seems that they do have other games in mind. It could be another Star Wars racer, which was pretty fun. Which I remember playing Star Wars Episode One racer. Um, obviously, the Lego Star Wars games are always uh, always coming out as well. So I know the new one should be coming out this year. But I will be surprised if they do more stuff in the VR space. I will be surprised if they kind of take take from you know other other gaming properties like even something like smash brothers but obviously more or like a fighting game style but you know stand the star wars universe i could easily see that possibly happening as well or even something like resident evil like even though we we think of resident evil as being very you know similar or, or, or linear in the sense of how it was from resident evil 1 to 7 but you know resident evil like the original ones were you know kind of like that that horror-esque uh tank control like one area to explore kind of a kind of a thing, you know, with puzzles, whereas Resident Evil 3 and 4 kind of got more third-person action-based, actually 4 and four and 5 and 6, actually. And then Resident Evil 7, it kind of went into, like, that first-person horror space, right? And I could easily see Star Wars also kind of approaching it in the same way of, like, hey, maybe let's try to evolve it. Let's try to evolve the Star Wars games where it doesn't need to be always be third-person or first-person. What if it was a third-person game, but it was set in a very, you know, similar to like Resident Evil, like in this one area you're just trying to get out of. Or if it's in a first-person uh, mode, first-person game. But what if it's like this stormtrooper stuck on this planet where something's wrong and they're trying to get out? You know, like, it can easily, like, do something like that and that could be so fun and interesting and actually, like, I'm, I, I think the main game that most of us are waiting for is a Mandalorian game. I'm pretty, I would be pretty psyched for that. But we know that won't, you know, come up pretty soon. And I can, I do wonder, I mean... It, it does open i hope that that teams like naughty dog and teams like 
like Valve, like because I've just brought up Valve because I played Half Life Alex recently, which I'll talk about uh, a little bit later. But you know, teams like that that you really, really look up to and that that can produce such amazing games. I hope they just keep focusing on their own IP, the same way you know Naughty Dog did Uncharted and, and The Last of Us. You know, same way how Sakurapun just did Ghost of Tsushima. Like I, I want these development teams to just focus on their thing. And I don't want it to be that the next thing we hear is Naughty Dog is doing a Star Wars game. I mean, look at what happened with Crystal Dynamics. The people that worked on, on Rise of the Tomb Raider and, uh, and Tomb Raider, the, the reboot. And then they worked on Marvel's Avengers. And look what happened, right? Because, so I'm, I'm just hoping that, like, like, please don't take away that talent. They don't take them away from, from ideas and IPs that they are good with. And, you know, don't force them into a licensed IP because of that, that IP. Because, oh, it's just that brand name. It will sell a lot. I mean, like, Marvel's Avengers is a perfect example of a game that sold quite well because of the name, but then it completely died out, right? So I think there should be a lesson that, hey, let's not rush game. Unless, obviously, if you give them a property and something like that, let them work on it, but the pro- that's the problem. When it comes to these properties, the, the Disney and Lucasfilm games, they also get involved in terms of, hey, uh, why is this game not out yet? This game was supposed to be out around this time so that it kind of matches our you know fiscal quarter revenue whatever you know like that's that's the thing that you start hiring and you start answering to so many other people and then that becomes the issue and that's when the development teams i mean we see that with just cyberpunk which is their own game but that's kind of what happens when you're licensing uh, an ip for someone else so i hope that like you know naughty dog and all these companies all these development teams aren't taken away from 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 their work from what they're working on currently so from this, obviously, we'll move on to the games that I have been playing. I've been, I've been playing quite a bit, and obviously some, a few other things that I want to discuss too. But most recently, I was playing Resident Evil 3 with Staff. So her and I, we, we love Resident Evil 2 Remake, so we wanted to play Resident Evil 3 Remake. But I kept reading that it wasn't apparently as good as Resident Evil 2, and it didn't justify that full 79 or at least like after tax in Canada, $90 price tag. So I kind of waited for it to be on sale. It was like for $20 or something like that recently. So I picked it up and played Resident Evil 3 and it was good. It was it was it was more of the same, but it just didn't feel as polished as Resident Evil 3. It didn't feel as scary as Resident Evil 2. I should I I meant 2, not 3. It didn't feel as polished as Resident Evil 2, and it didn't feel as scary. So I like that was unfortunate, and there were definitely some sections where it was just more of like just kind of going through a horde. And it didn't it, you know, even with that horde thing, it didn't feel engaging or challenging it just felt frustrating and annoying and that i never i never felt that way in resident evil 2 you know so like resident evil 2 just kept me going it kept me on my toes mr x was amazing but resident evil 3 yeah like it just i don't know it just didn't do a good job i was just getting more and more frustrated with it over time to the point where i'm just like i was just ready to give up at one point and just be like no this is just not i'm, not, I'm just not enjoying myself why am i wasting time but like obviously i faced a game and everything like that and I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with, with the next Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 4 remake, if they do that. I think they are working on that. Uh, and of course, Resident Evil 8 is coming out in May as well. So that should be pretty fun. But yeah, like I, I think I think the $20 price tag is fine for it, especially if you are a big Resident Evil fan. But if you're new to the series, I do recommend Resident Evil 2 remake. And for the story and everything, I do recommend Resident Evil 3 at some point. But yeah, like for this price tag, like I think full price is unjustifiable, but... I will like warn you like going into Resident Evil 3 it will be challenging it will be not challenging like I said like it's not challenging it's just there's things about it that will frustrate you I should say so I think just go in with that mindset just knowing that ahead of time the other game I've been streaming recently 
is Mafia Definitive Edition. And I know a lot of people have messaged me on Instagram as well that they were enjoying these streams quite a bit. So thank you so much. I mean, uh, I've played Mafia 2 a little bit, like way back. I played Mafia 3 and finished it. And I thought that was really fun. Um, obviously, it was a little repetitive, but like Mafia 3 had a really cool story. But Mafia 1 was a game when it first came out. It was like a PC-only game. And it was like a PC-only game where you had to have like a good enough PC at that time. And I never had that uh, a, a good, or like a really like beefy PC or anything like that. So when Mafia 1 came out, I was like, okay, I never played that. And then over time, obviously, you can play that on like so many, like like you can play it on your laptop at this point, like whatever laptop you have. But the problem was that like it was, it, you know, it just, you've played so many new games that it would just be so hard to go back to it, right? And then this definitive definitive edition was coming out. So I was pretty excited for this when I this got announced and I was like, okay, wow, like the, I, I really like the Mafia games, uh, at least Mafia 3 and Mafia 2, whatever I played of it. So this should be pretty fun. And so far, like, wow, like I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying this. It's, it's an open world game, but it's not really open world. But like when you are going in the open world, it feels alive, it feels filled in, it feels awesome. And like that surprised me because... It is very linear in that sense of, you know, it's not like GTA where it's like, okay, now do your thing, do have fun, whatever. You are going from mission to mission, but in between all that, you have, you can, if you want, you can just free roam. You can just, and I think there's like two mode for that too, but you can't technically free roam if you want. And, you know, like it does kind of open you, but like because of the way the story is laid out and how interesting the story is, um, you keep going. I think that's what made Mafia the first game so great was the story. And that's what kind of is, is pushing me through this throughout the whole throughout the whole game uh, and I couldn't stop playing it. I, I remember I streamed, like I usually stream like every other day, but this past week I, I played on Monday, then Tuesday, then yesterday on Wednesday. Today is the only day that I'm not streaming it mainly because I want to record my podcast and everything and do a few other things. But you know, I'm, I was, I'm like looking forward to playing it again tomorrow because it's just such a fun game and an interesting game and it does keep you engaged and the gameplay is fine. You know, the gameplay, like the, the, the stuff that you do in the game is, is fine. It's not like, it's going to be revolutionary or something like amazing or anything like that. But just imagine a third person open world game with shooting mechanics. And that's exactly what it is. And it's just interesting. You do, it's not always about shooting. There's a couple of different things that you have to do in certain missions, but like it keeps you engaged and it keeps you going and it keeps you just wanting to come back because you're like, Oh, like what's, what's happening with the story? What's happening here? You know, like you want to know more. So I definitely want to say that. Yeah. Like definitely, definitely check out, check out Mafia for sure. Um, other game I literally just finished is Half-Life Alex, and as I'm saying this, I feel like I should make my uh, make a separate, complete, separate like podcast or episode for this uh, because of my experience with Half-Life Alex uh, and and VR and just you know uh, my my mind is is blown in terms of what this was able to achieve and how I can how I perceive VR games from now on from this point on. I'm also playing Lone Echo, which is a, an Oculus VR game, which got really good reviews. So I've been playing that too. But Half-Life Alex was the one that I wanted to play because I got like 10 out of 10s. And it got not one, in one game of the year uh, from GameSpot and a, a few other outlets, I believe. So, you know, like, because of that, I was like, okay, I need to check this out. And I played, I, I, I got ready for it. I played Half-Life 1 a little bit. I couldn't finish it. But like, I kind of caught up with the story. But I played Half-Life 2. I played Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Episode 2. And I played this. And, you know, it just makes me excited to see what Valve does. And it, it honestly makes sense now that, like, Valve, like, you know, when they made Half-Life 2, they revolutionized how first-person shooting games work in, in that game. And with this, I feel the same way in a sense where with Half-Life Alex, they revolutionized how VR games work. 
And I feel like that's what Valve does. Valve is, they, they, it just seems like a, a, an amazing talent to set a team that doesn't want to do anything unless they feel like they're really pushing the bar or they're like, they're moving the line forward. And they honestly, honestly did. So I'm obviously, I'm not going to talk about it too much because I feel like it, 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 it requires like its own separate thing. So I might talk, make a video or I might, I might talk about it in my stream or something like that. But I just wanted to say like, yeah, like if you have a VR headset and if you have a PC capable, like Half-Life Alex is, is definitely worth, worth your time. Like it's, it's, it's the, it's, you know how they always say it's the killer app. I never liked that term. I don't know why, because I, it just sounds weird. Killer app. Like who says, who calls video games applications, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. It just sounds weird, but this is like that game that you need to convince someone VR can be something huge. This is a game that you need to have on your VR to show to people that look what VR can do. So, you know, it's like nothing, you can't compare this to Beat Saber, you can't compare this to anything else. This is a proper 12, 13 days. I took, it took me 13 hours to do the main story. And I, like, I wasn't like, you know, messing around or anything like that. I was playing the story story. Like, you know, like I was taking my time, obviously, because certain things you do have to take your time, but it was a full proper video game. So please check out Half-Life Alex if you can. Uh, other than that, I want to talk about my, my experience with my PS5, uh, you know, since that initial way back, uh, issue where some people were having that hard crash issue where the PS5 would just completely shut down. I haven't had that since. Uh, like no issues. Like luckily, I should like I'm just touching an oculus wood at the same time as I say it. Uh, the PS5 has been has been great. I think I feel like a lot of the issues that they had initially has been ironed out with a lot of the updates. Uh, the only thing I noticed, I think that's I feel like I noticed that with my PS4 as well. Uh, it must be it has to something with my TV or my HDMI port. Where it's like a it's like a weird like handshake issue. I don't know a lot of people know about that, like a HDMI handshake, where sometimes you might turn your your thing on, like your PlayStation or whatever thing that HDMI is connected to, and you might be able to hear the sound, or it'll just be like a black screen. And what you do is you just switch, you just go like if if it's if you put your if you plug in your PS5 to HDMI three, for example, and it's it's just a blank screen, even though you've turned your PlayStation five on, you just kind of go to HDMI two and go back to HDMI three. And it recreates that handshake, and that's what they call it. It's basically like literally like imagine the TV and the, the PlayStation 5 like shaking their hands to kind of make that connection. And like it just kind of starts working. So I've had that like happen like I think maybe once, like like a couple of months ago, and then once like a couple of weeks ago, or like a couple of days ago, I should say. Yeah, and a couple of days ago. And like, yeah, like I think that's the only because like I'm just trying to think of any issue I've experienced just to kind of let people know and see if they have had, had that or or if I can help anyone, you know. Um, but that was like the only thing I've, I've, I've had. And like, that was, like I said, it's not even like a, a big thing. It's just a, it's a known issue with a lot of just HDMI product, especially in my case, my TV is, has a HDMI 2.0 port. Whereas the HDMI cable that you get with your PS5 is an HDMI 2.1 cable. So like in most cases it should be fine, but you might have hitches like that. So I'm just letting you know, like don't, nothing's wrong with your PS5. It's just a handshake issue. Just you get some people, some people I think I read were, like, would turn the TVs off and turn it back on or would literally unplug the TVs fully and then replug it and it would work. Like in my case, that hasn't like, you know, that hasn't been the issue. Uh, it's, it's just been switching my HDMI. I mean, like that already tells you, you know, automatically like that. It's not, nothing to do with your PS5. If you're, you know, if, if you're, what you're, you don't, you're not turning your PS5 off and on, you're literally turning, you're switching HDMI uh, inputs or turning your TV on and off. So, so I'm just like letting people know, don't worry about that. If that happens to you, that's just an HDMI handshake thing. Uh, and like, I'm sure maybe I'll get updated, but even if it does, like, well, like it's not, it's like a two second thing, just two button presses and you're good to go. But overall, otherwise, like the, my experience with my PS5 has been great. I'm looking forward to kind of playing, um, Hitman 3 on it. 
and also testing out my PSVR on it because I have Blood and Truth and I have the Hitman VR stuff lined up as well. So I'll probably be, be streaming that at some point as well. I'm pretty excited to do that. But like, you know, like I, I after playing Half-Life Alex and playing Lone Echo, you know, especially with Oculus Quest on and everything like that, like I want to play my PSVR because I want, I'm, I'm back in that PSVR grind almost. I, I do enjoy it or like just VR grind. But like, it's just the wires that kill me, to be honest. It's, I just wish everything was just wireless and it would be, I, that is one of my predictions that I made uh, last week. But let's see, you know, like I, I, I do hope that they release a more, like just wireless stuff for everything, you know, just uh, for PSVR, Oculus Quest 2 is already out, maybe even for something like Vive, you know, just keep releasing this wireless version of this because yeah, I just gotta get rid of these wires for this VR stuff to be an actual future. Uh, you know, talk about PCs. I have been doing my best to kind of find an RTX 3080. I know um, one of my one of my friends that's on that's on my Instagram stuff like that. He recently built a PC and he found a 3080 somehow. And some people I I know like are able to kind of find it or just kind of back order it in in places in Canada and just you just kind of wait for it. But some people like I when, when I was reading some some person said that they pre ordered it or like back ordered it in like November or something and they just got it in January. So it's like two months wait sometimes, you know. So like I don't know like I like I honestly don't know because I, I remember like asking this as well like to people and a lot of people did kind of message me saying that you don't really need it like I have an RTX twenty eighty and it, and for fourteen forty p which is what I'm playing at it does basically everything you know so it's kind of uh, like honestly it's just it's just an issue it's just a thing of like it does basically more than it already meets all my requirements and thirty eighty will just kind of up the up the frame rate in my case. Um, you know, resolution-wise, it'll still be 1440p because I'm not going to buy a 4K monitor. So it just comes down to like, okay, I'm just going to get better frame rates that in most cases, I won't even notice that much. Like I was kind of talking about before, you know, when you go from 60 to 90, you might notice a big of a, bit of a difference, but from 90 to 90 up onwards, the difference is very, very, like it depends on the game you're playing, but like you you will not, unless you're like someone who really, really cares about frame rates, you will not notice a difference. So like for me, it's just kind of coming down to like, ah, uh, like, that money is like, I, you know, I could put that on something else. I could, I, you know, save that money. I can put it somewhere else. Like, that's kind of what I'm going through in my brain is just kind of thinking about like, why do I need it? You know, so I think that's, I feel like most of us, most of us who go through this, are, are into this hobby, go through those periods where we're like, do we need this? Do I need to buy this right now? Does this make any sense for me to buy a, a new console or a new PC, a new this, a new that? But, you know, like this is, I mean, we're, we're fortunate that we are able to enjoy these luxuries and I, I do, I never take that for granted. I'm always so appreciative that I have so many games, so many things to like experience and play, you know, and I kind of like harken back or look back to my childhood where every game would be like a go, would be like gold. You know, I would get one game a day, I would play that game like to like infinity, you know, like I would just play that game all the way as much as I could, which is why, which is one of the reasons I used to love buying cricket and FIFA games because those games were so replayable. Right when I would buy like a Prince of the Persia game or something like that, like it's like once I played it, it's like done, right? So it's like it's hard to kind of find it, find ways to make it replayable. But like FIFA and, and cricket and stuff like that is always replayable. So I remember, so that's that that was like one of the things that I would play the most. So like, you know, that coming from that, I have like a huge backlog. I I never had a backlog growing up. When I was a kid, I never had a backlog. I had one game at a time, and I would play it all the way. And like, you know, we're so fortunate, like the way things are, the sales and all this stuff, and you know, just the, the, the situation we're all in, that we're able to get games to be able to say that, hey, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm playing Mafia, I'm playing uh, Lone Echo for VR, I'm going to play uh, Final Fantasy, I'm going to play First Sort of, like, I could never imagine as a kid, I, I wish as a kid, like, with, with the time that I had, I would I would be able to just kind of plow through all these games at some point, you know, like, and I, I, I wish I had that sort of time, 
But like, you know, like, I guess that's just, that's just, I think that's just with time with anyone, with most people. I think that's with everyone, right? But like, I think that's something that like makes me really excited to kind of see what's happening this year when it comes to games. Like we already have a big release with Hitman 3. Um, we have, I think the Super Mario game that's coming out in February, the remake or the remaster for the Wii U game. But nothing big other than Resident Evil for, for May and I think Deathloop in May. Nothing other than that. Like, or I, I should also bring up Monster Riot for March. Like nothing that's like, kind of taking up that space the same way Cyberpunk did and stuff like that, right? That we're really, really looking forward to. So I'm, I'm good that I'm more excited to see what gets announced very suddenly. But at the same time, I'm also expecting that because of the pandemic, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of stuff has been pushed, uh, which is obviously upsetting, you know, like because you want these things to come out because you're excited for these things. But at the same time, like I said, the backlog, at the same time with the pandemic, it's not like they can control anything, right? We don't want another cyberpunk situation at this point we want these companies to take their time and make a game that actually works and plays well so thank you so much everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode please let me know what you thought and of course if you want me to talk about certain things i have a few things that i want to talk about which i have lined up but if you have anything else that you want to throw my way that i should bring up or have a topic in mind please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com that's amandamangames at gmail.com i should be streaming next week I should, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like tomorrow or even on the on Saturday and Sunday because I'm really enjoying Mafia. So I do want to kind of play that game as soon as possible. So join me on twitch.tv slash amandaman and of course on youtube.com slash amandaman where I will be posting videos more regularly. I know I've been off my schedule a little bit, but that's, that, that happens from time to time. So thanks so much everyone. I will see you next time. Bye.